The Florida Gators are four and three and in the others receiving votes section of every top 25 poll around, which leads us to ask, where do we go from here? Well, we're about to take a look at the Florida Gators' second half of the season only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Happy Friday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. And I am going to start off my second half of the season preview with uh, with, with this statement, which I'll, I'll further elaborate on uh, in the next segment. But I wanted to talk about something very important to me, and that is that Todd Grantham has been told or that we have been told that he will not be fired. There will not be defensive staff changes coming this year. And I want to say that I know the reason. I think that the reason that Dan Mullen will not fire Todd Grantham is not one of the things that I spoke about last week where I was like, hey, or earlier this week where it's like, you have a decision to make. It's you or Grantham. And it's I, I don't think that's the reason Grantham has been fired. I think the reason that Todd Grantham is still here is because Dan Mullen recognizes that if he fires Grantham at the end of the season, he can then speak to the higher-ups and tell them, hey, I know that I can win. We just got rid of Todd Grantham. Look, we're making the necessary changes. Give me at least one more year with a new defensive coordinator and watch what we can do. So I think that's why he hasn't gotten rid of Todd Grantham yet because if he gets rid of him now and they don't make significant improvements defensively or they don't make significant improvements in general, he's he, he might be shown the door. So I think it's smarter for him and I think it's more of a save my own back kind of move to get rid of Todd Grantham at the end of the year and if you can make improvements in the offseason or at least get yourself one more season – I think, I think that's his plan right now. I, th- I think his plan is to get rid of Todd Grantham after the season and then, you know, hire a new DC, whoever it may be. I know people are clamoring for Charlie Strong and Jim Leonard and all these people. I don't know who it's going to be. I'm not going to make the assumption because I don't know who's going to get fired, promoted, whatever, at the end of the year. But I think that's why Dan Mullen has not fired Todd Grantham. And that's why I'm just, I'm, I'm hanging tough. You know, I'm, I'm just hanging out here. I'm not really... Uh, to to I'm, I'm not i'm not harping on it too much because i i'm pretty confident that todd grantham will be gone by the end of the year unless we somehow walk away with a strong defensive finish i'm talking beat georgia shut out schools like samford missouri fsu who's been improving as the year goes on and we'll get into this when it gets closer to fsu week but our offensive our offenses kind of line up in certain ways but uh, just going to take a look at the second half of the season for the Florida Gators, because of course four and three now, 
which is something that I'm not super stoked about. There are five games left, so it's about the midway point, but it's our bye week. We got Georgia next week, which is safe to say it's not going to be a good game for Florida, given that Georgia gives up, I believe it's 0.45 points per drive. Uh, so that's not looking good for us. Their defense is looking 85 Bear style. Like It's incredible. Uh, so that's probably a loss. And then we found four games that we should win handedly. Like, like the final four games, South Carolina, Samford, Missouri, and Florida State are all games that Florida should win by a considerable margin. Like that's not something that should be close. It's not something that we should be really, I mean, sure, they're going to be close-ish because we're Florida and we're disappointing this year. But these are games that we should be blowing them out. Simple as that. And I'm still just baffled, by the way, that we lost by two points to Alabama. And then I, I get that the score is 49-42, but LSU beat the Gators up and down the field. It was as simple as that. Uh, it was just, honestly, it wasn't domination, but it, it was, they beat us handedly. I don't care what the scoreboard says. I'm watching the film and I'm saying, yeah, LSU, LSU kind of took us out back. But this this team, we need to improve in just so many different areas. It, it's kind of frustrating. There are a few key areas, which we'll get to in the next segment. But looking at the end of this schedule, I said before the season, four losses is a failure. We're probably going to lose four games. Uh, one more game for the remainder of the season. So that's frustrating. But, uh, you know, an eight and four season, not the worst thing that could have happened, especially when you look at how we've played over the past few weeks. I don't care about the Vanderbilt game. I get it. We won 42 nothing. Our defense was on the field for about 80 plays. That's too many. Uh, so, yes, we dominated and the scoreboard looks great. But on tape, I think that we got lucky with a few missed field goals it, and just couldn't get Vanderbilt off the field. So that was that was tough. Um, but just looking at this schedule, it's like Georgia's insane. Like Georgia's the top team in the country right now, and we get them. And I'm not looking forward to that one. I'll let you know that right now. That is going to be an ugly game. But then you look at South Carolina, Sanford, Missouri, and Florida State, and it's like, we should win. It's as simple as that. Um, the second half of the season looks bright. It looks like it's going to start off rough with the Georgia game, but it looks like it's going to be incredibly positive from there on out. Like that's, that's what I'm hoping for. I am hoping that the final four games are just domination, 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 domination. Hopefully the Gators are the ones doing the dominating, but knowing them, who knows at this point, but I can't wait to get into how the Gators can turn this around or what they need to do and where they need to improve right after this but first i just want to talk to you guys real quick because when i was a kid i grew up around the block from a mcdonald's i still live around the block from a mcdonald's but it's a different mcdonald's <laughs> same neighborhood different mcdonald's i used to go three times a week to the one around my block around the block from my childhood home uh, i used to go after school with my friends then we'd go back to my house and play playstation to have no responsibilities again would be amazing. I used to look forward to that every day, though. It, it was owned by a family, and the son would always come out, hang out at the table with us. And I mean, like, we'd be there for an hour or longer just talking about the Jets, which I don't like, but talking about the Jets, the Giants, talking football, talking fun, having fun. And we would, yeah, he'd come out, he, he'd hang out, we'd be there forever. 
I might I might actually go buy that same one uh, later on tonight because that same family still owns it. I might go buy that same one tonight for dinner and, and see if he's around, see if he's still hanging out there. It's Friday. You know, let, let's celebrate the weekend. Why not? Head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say Lockdown Gators watch party, by the way? I like the old one better. I'm loving it. <laughs> now we're going to take a look at where the Gators can improve this second half of the season. And I'm going to start off with something that's been the topic of discussion since the offseason. Honestly, since last season, it was who's going to be the quarterback this year. Figure it out. And I, I say this because I'm going to say something that I know people do care about. I'm going to say I don't care whether it's Anthony or Emery. Don't care. Figure it out. And the reason I don't care is because when it comes to Dan Mullen, if you get this decision wrong, it's possible you're looking for a new job next year. It's entirely possible, regardless of how the defense does. It's entirely possible that if you get this quarterback decision wrong, you're looking for a new job next year. But I think if you don't make a decision, if you refuse to commit to a quarterback, I think you're more likely to be looking for a new job next year. So it's one of those things where it's like driving. If you make the wrong decision, then you know what? Just, Just loop around the next block, do whatever. If you're indecisive, though, and you mess up there, I feel like there's much more of a chance where there's an error or a bad error. So it's one of those things where, yeah, if you make the wrong decision, you might look for a new job. But if you refuse to make a decision, that's not only poor decision making. That's that you're just not a leader in general because you can't make those tough calls. So I think you're more likely to be looking for a new job if you don't make this decision on who your quarterback will be. I don't think that this is similar to the Todd Grantham decision where it's like, well, I'm just going to wait till the end of the year and fire him. And then I can say, well, next year will be better on defense. It's not the same thing where you can start Emery, keep sucking, and then be like, well, next year we're going to start Anthony, and it's going to be a lot better. I don't think you get that leeway here because that's different from a coaching staff. It's just changing your quarterback, which is still running a very similar offense. But speaking of that offense, whichever quarterback you decide to start, whether it's Anthony, whether it's Emery, I don't care. You need to dial up more deep shots. And I'm not saying that we need to become a passing offense. This is an offense that's built to run the ball. Absolutely. However, again, you don't need to pass the ball more. A higher percentage of your passes, though, need to challenge defenses vertically. That's what I'm that's what I think. I'm not saying to throw the ball 40 times a game now. No, keep doing your 20, whatever it may be. But they need to challenge vertically more often. I don't care about your hitches. I, I get it. They're an important part. I don't, I don't care about your hitches here. The season's pretty much lost. Throw deep balls. Figure out what you're going to look like next year and for the end of the year because you've still got guys that could be going to the NFL at uh at the end of this year. You know, you've got Jacob Coleman. If he has a strong finish, he could declare. Like, that's a possibility. Like, Xavier Henderson is going to be here. But Justin Shorter, if he has a strong finish, could declare. Showcase your guy's talent. Jacob Copeland, by the way, has been much better as a receiver. I don't remember if this made it into Wednesday's episode of the Incomings, but he surprised me so much because I thought he was going to be the Kadarius Tony, you know, screen guy for most of the time and then just make plays after the catch. But he's been much better as a receiver that can win contested catches than I expected and than I anticipated at the beginning. So let your guys 
make the plays deep downfield. I think that whether or not you're confident in the quarterbacks, you should be confident in these receivers. They've been very good this year. And the defense, you need to get sorted out. I get it. I want Grantham fired just like you all do. But we've been told there will not be defensive coaching staff changes mid-season. That's whatever. I, I stand by my point as to why I think that is, where frankly, I think it's Todd, I think it's Dan Mullen just saving his own behind. And whether or not you think that's kind of scummy as to whether he's just going to sacrifice essentially Todd Grantham at the end of the season. Yeah, that might be a little scummy, but guess what? Todd Grantham shouldn't have a job right now, but he does because Dan Mullen. So I don't care if it's scummy later on. It's, you know, it is what it is. It's what we're going to deal with. But, you know, Todd Grantham needs to make changes to this scheme. It's not working. I mentioned yesterday, look at Diabati, where he was like, they asked him, are you confident in the defensive scheme? He goes, I'm confident in my teammates' ability to play hard. That is the worst answer he could have given besides, hell no, I'm not confident in this defensive scheme. Who would be? It sucks. You need to make these changes. It, it, it hasn't been working nearly as often as it should be given the talent that's on this defense. And it's always the same, same, same mistakes. It's the coverage. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Pressing on third and 15, playing soft cut, playing soft coverage on third and two, third and three. It, it just makes no sense. There is no rhyme or reason as to why this defense has been as bad as it should be or why this defense has been performing as bad as it has been, given how good it should be, because the talent here is remarkable. At every level, I'll say, but linebacker. I think linebacker, they're performing about as as you'd expect from them. But this secondary, fantastic. Every every spot in the secondary. I'm talking Everyone, Kyrie Elam, Trevis Johnson, Trey Dean third, Rashad Torrance second, Jason Marshall Jr., and Avery Helm have all been performing exceptionally this year. You look at that defensive line, exceptional throughout from left to right, right to left, weak side, strong side. I don't care how you want to classify it. They've been performing exceptionally well. But because of how piss poor this scheme is, they are not playing as well as they should be collectively as a unit. This defense sucks because of Todd Grantham. It does not suck because of the talent. Last year, I believe, was a, a bit of it was because of the talent. This year, though, talent's not a question. This is a damn good football team. Like this roster is stacked to the nines, but they suck. Because Todd Grantham sucks. Last year, he got away with it because, yeah, he sucked, but also the defense pretty much sucked. But now, no more excuses. This is Todd Grantham's fault at this point. And there needs to be corrections made to this team, to this coaching staff, in order to improve and in order to hopefully have a shot at being somewhat successful next year. Did anybody else make money this past weekend? I didn't. I didn't. I'm going to let you know that now. Yesterday, I didn't make money. Two days ago, I didn't make money. I've been losing. I've been I've been down bad, but I've been using Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, Florida losing has really screwed me this season, but whatever. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV and ping pong if you want. With real time updated odds and props on almost 
anything you can imagine. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports pick experts. Make sure you use promo code locked on. That is L O C K E D, no space O N, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Now, I don't know about you guys, but football season's here, and I'm constantly watching games. Now, basketball season's here, and now baseball's in the playoffs. And I'm just, yeah, constantly snacking, like always watching games, just snacking, snacking, snacking. So I've had to cut out the sugary snacks, even some of the salty snacks, and I'm committing to eating Built Bar as my mid-game snack uh, because, I mean, frankly, Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like me, that is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Now we're going to take a look at the players that I want to see more involved in the second half of the season. I got three names here. Uh, two of them are guys that we, we saw crack open a little bit in the LSU game. One of them is someone we haven't seen much of this season, despite the hype. But the first one, Kimori Gamble. Obviously, we all know I am a big fan of his. I'm a big fan of his game, and I'm a big fan of how he's used in the run game. You know, that zone read split that I talk about so much, he kills every single time. But in the passing game, he just hasn't been involved as much as he should be. And against LSU, he showed that he can kind of get something going after the catch. Not that he was... Not that he was juking dudes out of their boots or not that he was running through people. But, you know, he was outrunning some guys. He was running through contact, at least. He's been playing very well. He's been a very reliable receiver all season. Kimori Gamble is kind of the unsung hero of this offense, especially when you watch those big runs. Emery Jones' 43-yard run. You watch big plays like that, and it's like, wow, why is that happening? A lot of it's because of Kamori Gamble. He's not an exceptional blocker by any stretch of the word. But when he comes across the formation, he's been very good. And he's been a big reason for a lot of these big runs. And he's not getting the credit that he deserves. We are tight end you. Let Kimori Gamble get more involved in this offense. Let him make more plays as both a runner and uh, well receiver and blocker. Let him get involved. He should be a bigger focal point of this offense. Next up is Justin Shorter. Um, I'm I'm putting Justin Shorter in this list specifically because I am assuming that for the remainder of the season, Anthony Richardson is going to be the starting quarterback of the Florida Gators, or at least whatever the primary quarterback. Because of course, I have two starters and backups. Whatever, Dan. But I'm assuming that Anthony Richardson is going to be the primary quarterback for the Florida Gators. And I spoke about this the other day. I don't remember which day it was. It was Monday or Tuesday. But this offense with Anthony Richardson at quarterback needs to have the big-bodied receivers on the field. Because, yes, he is better at reading coverages and reading defenses than Emory Jones. Not saying much, but he is. And he's got a he's got a bit of an inaccurate arm. Get him a big-bodied receiver like Justin Shorter on the field more often. I realize that it means less time for likely Trent Widmore or Rick Wells because Jacob Copeland would probably still be on the field. He's 
the most talented receiver we have. So he'd probably still be on the field, but getting Justin shorter on the field would be big for Anthony Richardson because he's one of the, yeah, he's a less accurate quarterback. He needs a big body that he can throw to and get the ball to. This is a very similar discussion that people had with Josh Allen before Stefan Diggs. It was, you know, he needs that big body to X receiver because he's not super accurate. Again, Josh Allen, of course, has made tremendous strides, but before those strides, it was he needs these big bodied receivers because he's inaccurate. Big arm, huge arm, can run for days too. But he needs these big bodied receivers because he's not accurate. So he needs guys that can go up and get it, can win these contested catches, and can make circus catches because they've got just huge catch radiuses. That's Justin Shorter here. We saw him kind of break out against LSU. Let him continue to do so, especially if AR is going to be our starting quarterback, which I believe he will be, and I believe he should be. I'm saying it. I believe he should be. Let him make plays. Let him get a guy like Justin Shorter, Xavier Henderson. They're going to be on the field a lot if AR starts because we need it. It's as plain and simple as that. We need someone who, whether or not they can create separation as consistently as you'd like, they're going to make these plays while covered. The final player that I'm talking about that I want to see more involved in the second half of the season, Dewan Black. Um, I really see someone that I've been very hyped up. I've been hyping up. Everybody's been hyping him up. He's been a Gator for years, even though he just got on campus this year. But uh, I was going to say Donovan McMillan because you guys know I love Donovan McMillan's game. I love what he can be. I am so confident he's going to be a superstar safety for the Gators. But... Trading the third, Rashad Torrance the second. Both been killing it this year. Trevez Johnson, not going to get benched for Donovan McMillan. That ain't happening. So if he gets benched for anyone, it'd be Jadarius Perkins, although he shouldn't be benched. He's very good. But Dewan Black is someone I want to see out there. Our linebackers, you know, I mentioned our safeties being great. Our linebackers, on the other hand, Great. Uh, not the word, not the adjective I was I would use to describe our linebackers. Uh, and I don't really see the harm in getting Dewan Black on the field more often because, yeah, he hasn't been playing much. And it's the same argument you can use with guys like Anthony Richardson when they weren't playing as much as people want them to play. It's like, well, they don't know the playbook, maybe. They can't execute it as well, maybe. They try to out-athlete people instead of just being technically sound and improving that. I get it. I get the arguments. But when you look at our linebacker play this year, and you look at Dewan Black, who has played very sparingly, you think, what's the worst that could happen? Honestly, how much worse could this linebacker play get? And I get it. A big reason is because Ventron Miller's not there. Totally understand that. But how much worse could our linebackers get? What is Dewan Black going to do? Miss tackles? Oh, yeah, because our linebackers aren't already doing that 45 times a game. Blow coverage? Oh, yeah, because our linebackers aren't already doing that a bunch, too. Like, like, what's the worst thing to happen? What, he's going to add versatility to this defense. That's it. Like, our, our linebackers have already struggled with making tackles. They've already struggled with covering receivers. What is the worst that could happen if you throw DeWan Black out there? Nothing. Exactly. Like, no, it can't get worse than it is at linebacker right now. So why not put him out there? And having Dewan Black and Jeremiah Moon on the field at the same time allows you to have guys who can cover, who can, you know, kind of move to pass rush a little bit. Let, let them do things. Let, that's what I want. I'm going to tell you this now. This is going to be a thing that I focus on a lot this offseason, assuming Todd Grantham gets fired. 
I want a creative defensive coordinator because we have a ton of athletes and we need to just get them in position to succeed. But that's it for me. I, I digress for the rest of the day. Thank you for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. Join me Monday as it'll be Georgia week. I haven't decided yet which day will be the quarterback review, but we'll get into it next week. Now make your second listen, Locked On SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It is free and available on all platforms. For Locked On Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And be sure to check out my pinned tweet to let Locked On know why Gator Nation is the best fan base in all of college football. And I will see you all Monday.